She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Matthew and I are couple goals. The proposal in the elevator was cute. Tom is oblivious to the way others react to him. We don't do well when we're not together. Like, it's, we prefer to be together. There's a lot of fucking. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> clip that. Clip that. Oh, God, please clip that, Tom. But I didn't hate it. And of course, she's wearing, like, the sexiest outfit. Hey, look at you. You said that all quiet, like. <laughs> like, I'm not the most obnoxious human in the planet. <laughs> like, you're going to be all stealthy in our intro. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm tr- a new lead. Molly's quiet. She's doing the ASMR now. <laughs> no, Molly is not quiet. And if you start becoming quiet, I don't know that we can continue this podcast. And we you're, are you'd in be season concerned. two. You're going to call my husband and be very concerned about my well-being. 100%. I'm going to be like, Matthew Biggs, fix her. You broke her. What happened? She's broken. <laughs> so you look great after your week off. Molly, I did not have a week off. I was in quarantine. <laughs> that's, Potato, that's, tomato. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I um, I had to quarantine for four days from work, five days total, um, yeah. because I cut off my hair and got exposed to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All in one foul swoop. All in one time. I mean, um, I, everyone's, yeah. I mean, my chiropractor, my saving grace for my body mm-hmm. got, is... In bed was in bed this week. Like, yeah, everyone is getting this new variant. There it is were, very, yeah, there were wow. eleven teachers out last week at my school. Eleven That's of us, wild. Um, and so basically, all of us were covering classes. Like, uh, if you know teachers, if you kids go to school, like, don't hug us because we don't want Omicron. But you know, send <laughs> us some Starbucks gift cards or Barnes and Noble <laughs> or something. Give us something because, like, teachers are not okay. Like, honestly. Um, I have a lot of friends that have te- have been teaching for longer years than I have because uh-huh. I, I taught for six years and then went to public libraries um, and only came back last year. So this is only my second year since taking a hiatus and working in public libraries. So it's technically my eighth year teaching. Um, but my friends who have been teaching for 20 to 20 years, they say this has been their hardest year. Not last year when they were teaching remotely. Not the year before that we closed down in the middle it's of the year. It's got to be year. hard. It's hard because the kids have forgotten how to school. Right. And, forget, yeah. And uh, it, it's just it's just a hard year. There's so many rules and so many protocols. And, like, we wanted it to be this year that everything was normal. But it's not normal. Like, trying, and trying to make things normal after what had happened mm-hmm. is hard. I'm trying to figure out what our new normal is. Right. And, and it, it's just the world is different post COVID no matter the aisle, no matter your views on it, no matter if you're mask or pro mask, we can all agree on one thing. It has changed the way our world looks. completely. Absolutely. And I mean, when we talk about schools, my kid is a third grader. My oldest is a third grader. The last real school year that he had a normal school year, he was in fucking kindergarten. Okay. Completely different from third grade. Completely different than third grade. There's such different expectations. And this isn't even a normal year because they're still doing masking and social distancing as much as they can. Um, They have had a lot of COVID cases at my kids' school and at the school where I teach. Uh, Our district is actually talking about closing schools 
like not completely as they did in 2020, uh-huh. but like a school at a time, case case basis. Uh, we had like 17 bus drivers out with COVID protocols. That's last wild. Week. Not necessarily that they had COVID, but like for the same thing. Their for me, I, right? I wasn't sick. Thank God, I never got sick. Um, I wasn't asymptomatic because I actually just never had COVID, but I was exposed. Um, and that in and, in and of itself is enough to quarantine. Right. And so we, we have to be extra cautious in the school district. And so bus drivers, we had 17 of them out. I don't even know how many buses we have, but 17 of them is a significant number. I teach. It sounds small, like a big, especially how small your district is. Yeah. It's a small rural district. We only have two high schools. Um, and my middle school only has 600 kids. I'm laughing. Two high schools. It's small. It's a county, though. You have to remember that. It's right, a county. Right. Um, as I'm, like, laughing from, I was like, as I graduated, one of 74. Right, right. <laughs> This is a whole county system. So right. that's small for a county system. Right. I mean, oh, we have two high schools in my city. So, um yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm not. I, I guess I'm rested. Although Friday, I really struggled at work. I was so tired. <laughs> I bet. And my Kids students are all like... Worse. Well, my students were like, you're back. And they wanted to hug me. And I was like, okay, everyone just back the fuck up. Back my the sister, fuck up. Speaking of, I don't know if Jesse's going to care or not. Jesse had sent me a text message and her Friday was now my sister is my sister. Jesse lives in Buford and her Friday was just was super eventful. Mm-hmm. She had found, um, Listen, things in the bathroom, like mm, <laughs> kids, th- like she's having kids out. Like mm. it is just, yeah. yeah. Kids have lost their mind. Yes, they have lost their minds and, and teachers are not doing well. But I, I, I cut my hair off. I, I'm pretty happy with my cut. Um, it's cute. I love it. I, I'm not sure I love the color. It's dark and I don't I know like if that's that color. me. Yeah. I but love the dark red on you. But I don't know if it's, it's me. It's super Kepner. I love it. Kepner is like brassier Kepner is what I usually well, do did a darker red for a while there yeah but, but that's not really brown. how she keeps it now anyways this is not a Grey's Anatomy podcast <sighs> fuck this, Molly <laughs> this pod this week we are talking about one of my comfort reads the wedding date yes by as Jas- our first oh, sorry go ahead by Jasmine Gilliard it and this was, is our first of the February romantic book reads it's right. not all romance novels guys but it is romantic books um her her other book the proposal is um a reese witherspoon book club pick mm-hmm. uh this book is i love this book and we're gonna talk what about if we become book. popular enough that we get reese witherspoon to come on i, I mean if we get reese witherspoon i'm gonna be pitching we've got chessy we've got chessy coming on in march you know how many book ideas i have maybe that woman will find maybe somebody will finally publish me <laughs> <laughs> Man. Okay. Sorry. So yeah. So we're talking about the wedding day. I don't have a physical copy. I listened to the audiobook on Audible, not sponsored. Um, thank you, Molly, again. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you haven't seen Molly's adorably hilarious video on our socials about uh, hashtag not sponsored, please go check it out. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok I last. I laughed so hard. I literally watched it six times in a row and then took my phone to Tom to show it to him. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Oh, I'm glad I could make you laugh. Hashtag that not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. So uh, synopsis. 
Yes, sounds good. By the way, I love our pronunciation of synopsis now. We're all being so careful now that well, we know, we've been we called know. out by Isaac. We know Isaac is silently judging us. I don't think Isaac's going to be listening to the wedding date. Not a book for him, but, but I know he's silently judging me. But Nurse Katie is on our side. She texted us and told us that she agrees That's- that synopsis can be a colloquial, regional, dialect way to pronounce it. Which is what I said anyway, but whatever. Synopsis. Do it. Um, What happens when you get stuck in an elevator with a hot guy? In Alexa's case, she gets a date out of it. We follow along as she and Drew start a fake dating relationship that turns into a real one. This book covers what it's like to be in a biracial couple, long distance relationships, and jealousy, along with some seamy, seamy scenes. Mm. Did I miss anything? (laughs) Is that good? That's a good synopsis. Thanks. I, I It's not as detailed as yours get because yeah, yours are pretty freaking awesome. But well, thank I you. feel like I nailed it. Um, it's so, almost like my job includes writing reviews for books. Fuck you. <laughs> April for mocking me. <laughs> okay. Um, so at the beginning of this book, I... Uh, Alexa is walking into a hotel in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in an elevator to go mm-hmm. visit her sister. Mm-hmm. And the, the, as the elevator rises, she gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. realizes she didn't even notice this man, which based off the description, how do you not notice? This how do you not notice him? Like he is hunky, mm. hunky. Mm. Um, and she gets stuck with Drew. And mm. then they get into a conversation. And this leads to my first question. Yeah. What do you think the best snack is? Do you think it's cheese and crackers like them? Mm -mm. Chips and salsa? Mm -mm. What is the best snack? So I have two favorite snacks. And really, I would say that chips and salsa is not as portable. Like, you can't just, like, roll up with chips and salsa and sit down in an elevator and eat them. I mean, I fucking would. But I mean, I would, too. I would eat chips and salsa anywhere. Like, (laughs) cheese and crackers seems to be more of, like, a portable thing. But, like, chips and salsa and popcorn are my two favorite snacks. And they are go-tos in this house. Like, we have a... (laughs) This is how fat I am. We have a (laughs) Dollar General. (laughs) We have a Dollar General, like, down the street from us. And some days when I have really bad days at work, I eat my feelings, which I do not recommend doing. But I do it. (laughs) So I stop there. Zero cash. No judgment. I, I get I stop there after work and get chips and salsa and I come home and by the time Tom's home with the boys, which is only in thirty minutes, I've devoured almost the entire bag of chips and almost all the salsa. And I'm like, ah so that but I also really like popcorn. Um that is one of my favorite snacks. I do not like microwavable popcorn. That thing is full of cancer. I eat popcorn that I make myself. <laughs> On the stove, I need a popcorn and I maker. I didn't know it gave me cancer. <laughs> I, I mean, there are so many carcinogenics. I think that's how you say that word. Um, in in popcorn, like the it's microwavable popcorn is really bad for you. But yeah. I make it myself. I on love the microwave stove. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, well, I make it myself. I I you know pour the oil in the pan and I pour the the kernels and I pop it. Like and a lot of work. It's not though. It's not though. And I real butter melted in the microwave with real butter and salt, and it's so much better for you than anything else so those are my go-to but you really got to eat popcorn when it's fresh so i don't know that you're rolling around with it in your purse but um, cheese and crackers cheese and crackers that's nothing what is that um i like 
I am a, I always have salt and vinegar chips handy. I love I salt and vinegar, vinegar chips. chips. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but I like the salty sweet combos. So trail mix is always a good one. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. I love, um, that one's a good portable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all time favorite snack. All time favorite snack. I love summer sausage and cheese. Like summer sausage yeah, and cheese and crackers. It's good. It's just it's my good. favorite. You know, I have to say, if you want salty and sweet and you want to make a salty sweet snack at home, you can make the popcorn on the stove, right? It really doesn't take that long. It's really easy. <laughs> then you melt white chocolate chips, okay? And, oh, you had me till the white chocolate. Well, it, just listen. You melt the white chocolate chips. Then you pour that with salt and butter over it. Oh, my gosh, Molly. Nope. <clears throat> had me till the white chocolate. I hate white chocolate. Well... It's not really real chocolate. It's like oily vanilla tasting. (laughs) Whatever. It's good. Whatever. Okay. So let's roll on. Yeah. Moving on. Rolling on. Um, When we first meet Drew, he gives us this big, long, sad story about the the wedding he's in town to attend. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we learned Mm -hmm. he tweaked... Mm-hmm. the details to make it sound easier for him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he lied to Alexa or was it okay because he was just telling a stranger his troubles in the moment and he had no idea that things were going to escalate the way they did? I mean, you just met this woman in an elevator. You're probably never going to see her again. I mean, at the time he hadn't even planned to ask her to do the wedding right. with him. So I don't know that he needed to tell all his troubles, but at the same time, like, dude, he lied. He straight up lied. He made right. it sound like well, Molly broke up with him and it was this big mm, thing. And yeah. They, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, side note, I said I listened to this book. I, I probably inappropriately listened to it a lot at work. <laughs> I was doing some weeding and it was a slow week in the library. So I <laughs> was, had earbuds in. It, yes. It was the week before school uh, let out on winter break. And so uh-huh. I had my earbuds in and was like, weeding the library while I was listening to it. And every time a student walked in, I was like, pause. Hi. What can I do for you? As I'm listening to this very inappropriate book. I don't tell my students what I'm listening to. So, you know. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. It could be music for all they know. Would you agree to go to a stranger's wedding? Hell no. Fuck that. Never. Why not? I'm an introvert by nature. Nobody believes me when I say this, but you don't understand introverts if you judge people who say they're introverts who appear extroverted. Because here's the thing. I'm an introvert because if I have to socialize with more than one person at a time, I'm fucking Mm -hmm. exhausted and I'm very awkward and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to say. I get tongue tied. I feel like I have to pee the whole time. It's a bad situation. If I had to go to a stranger's wedding with a stranger, mind you, like I'm not even there with somebody that I know, like, no, that's not happening. Absolutely Hard not. Pass. Not after. No, no. I have been a plus one at a wedding exactly one time. And that was when my husband was a groomsman in uh, his best friend's wedding. And um, I knew the groom and the bride because they were both at my wedding. <laughs> so... It was still awkward because I didn't know everybody there, but I've never, no, absolutely not. <laughs> That's the only time I've been to a wedding that I wasn't the person that was invited. So, um, now I'm awkward at weddings, period. Mm-hmm. Um, weddings, I've been to weddings I haven't been to. 
while it's a good time and everybody's dancing, I get, now I appear as an extrovert, mm-hmm. but my extrovertness because of the ADHD has a limit. Mm-hmm. And once I'm done, I'm done. I, my brain literally shuts off. I can't yeah. conversate anymore. I, I literally Irish goodbye. And conversate's not a word. Huh? Conversate's not a word. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave it off! <laughs> but once I've hit that, like, that levy, I Irish goodbye. I'm out of there. I'm gone. I have done it so many times. Mm-hmm. And thank God for Matthew Biggs. He yeah. will he will rush goodbye for everybody. And he'll yep. either meet me mm-hmm. in the car or the hotel or wherever we're staying. And he'll just, like, I don't well, know if I can do this. Yeah. I mean, I married a fellow introvert. So when we're done, we're done. Like, we're done. You know, we want to go. We're going to go. But, like, I mean, I've stood in front of rooms of, you know, 50-ish plus people and given us lectures at conferences. And then I literally had to sleep for three days. It's not an exaggeration. No, I I, I, I remember talking about this. Yeah, I gave a talk at a conference. It was my my very first one. My talk was on Thursday. And the conference was Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday I had to work. So I did my talk on Thursday. I also went to the conference on Friday. Saturday I threw up in the shower and couldn't go to work. Oh, love. Because I wore myself out. So actually right. not. I'm not going to some stranger's place. it's turning no. it on. Mm. It's turning it on. Um, but Alexa, that's her personality, right? So right. She's in but politics. she's also, she's a public figure. Right. So she's in politics. So she's networking. Right. She's used to putting on that face. And that's one of the things Drew mentions, like, that he knows when she's being I mean, front, front-facing Alexa versus right. being Alexa who is with him. Well, and um, she's dealing with a whole other, like, we're talking about social and mental things you and I struggle with. But she had a whole different struggle. She right. literally stopped him as they were going into the rehearsal dinner and goes, am I, hey, wait, am I going to be the only person of color here? Yeah. And, yeah. like, I never thought about that, right? I feel like that was probably coming from a real authentic place because the author, whole, I mean, author is, is a POC. Right. And, um, and I, I'm sure she was writing that from a very authentic place. And I think there was a lot. In, it, it's very thoughtful and smart. Yeah. And I think there's a lot in this book where she brings up race and, and dating somebody outside of your race and what does that feels like. And uh, before Tom, the... I mean, I never dated anyone seriously before Tom. I mean, I dated people seriously before Tom, but there was a time period uh, of about five years that I just casually mm-hmm. dated people and none of them were white. So actually, um, when I met Tom, my mom was like, you sure? You sure? <laughs> been, uh, it's not been white guys lately. Um, but You're like, it was yeah, a- I'm pretty certain. Thanks. <laughs> but we never got to the seriousness where we had to have that conversation about being, being a of a different race yeah. right like like what does this mean for our relationship what does this mean for our families what does this mean for future children um that conversation is so much different from right. we're just dating and i like his caramel colored skin like it's different you know what i mean right. i was dating different. i was dating a lot of latino men like that's what was happening mm-hmm. so um but anyway uh yeah, I mean, I think she came from a really authentic place. I like that. The book we're actually going to talk about next week also is uh, features Very, a person, two yes. people of color. And um, 
uh, a, a woman who is autistic and the author is autistic as well. Um, and I think like, it's going to be a great conversation about talking about mental faculties. Right. And well, and I think emotional differences. One of the things we push for in libraries is we're really pushing the publishing industry to be more inclusive. Right. Um, and I think they're finally listening to that. That's happening. I mean, it's still not perfect, but it is happening. Um, but when you are being inclusive, it's not being inclusive for the sake of being inclusive. And like picture books, for example, you'll see picture books will you will have it'll be obvious that they were trying to paint. Right. Oh, there's a black kid. There's a kid that's right. um, Latino. There's a kid who's Asian. There's a kid in a wheelchair. Like they're trying to be inclusive to try to be inclusive. Whereas a book like this, yeah. it's authentic. It's, it's authentic. authentic. It it's written natural. by a person of color. She's it, having a real conversation. It's a natural part of the progression in the conversation. Yeah. Right. Well, while we're not just putting a child in a wheelchair in the hall because the book needs one. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I, I really appreciated that about this book that, um, because I, I mean, I'm going to be honest uh, as a white person, it can be uncomfortable when race comes up in books. Right. Like it can be. Right. Um, I like the way that she addressed it here. She addressed the uncomfortability and, right. and made it clear and, that like, you, you don't want to be uncomfortable. It, Right. It made it feel like an approachable topic, right. especially when it's not always approachable. And it's not a per and let me say this, I want to say this very clear and I'm not trying and I'm not so I'm clear with our listeners. I am not saying it is a POC's job to make us feel comfortable. It isn't. It, absolutely it's not. Absolutely no. not. What no. I'm saying is she did not have to take the time to write this that carefully and methodically yeah. to be inclusive for everyone. She gave us a view into a weird world in a life we're not mm -hmm. used to. And she well, did it beautifully. And she did it within the confines of a book where they're banging a lot. Like this right. is a book that has a lot of sex. It is a true romance novel. And somehow she was able to wrap in there. Give us a biracial a very yeah. honest conversation about biracial relationships. Yeah. So that part of this it, book, I really did like that, that she was a spectacular balance, I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, this wasn't, this wasn't my favorite I book. Know. Um, um, I know. I don't read a lot of romance novels. Um, I read a lot of books with romance in them. Um, but I am not a reader of romance novels. Right. Um, so this wasn't my favorite. I'm looking up right now what I gave it on Goodreads. Um, um I gave it three I, stars on Goodreads. You're, I mean, that's average for you. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. it's very apparent by the morning of the wedding, they're both into each other. Yet mm -hmm. this book came this, yet they both seem to keep it to themselves. Mm. Do you like this about the characters or do you also, do you like the, dy the dynamic and dilemma it creates in the story? So I feel like this book falls into a lot of the cheesy pitfalls that happen Which in romance novels. It is novels. a trope. But I yeah. love that, though. Um, so this book is the fake dating trope, and it's also the miscommunication trope. And Which I, I love it. I just wanted them to stop being stupid. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, it took Obviously a long time. Obviously care for each other. Stop being right. an asshole. 
And so there are other books that do the miscommunication trope. And I and we're going to read some this month, actually. And I feel like they do it better. They didn't spend the entire book going, and she was thinking this, and he was thinking this, and blah, 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 blah. There's like one miscommunication, and then they kind of wrap it up quickly. Um, I think she took too long to get over that. And that was one of my arguments. Right. Like, I actually, in my Goodreads review, say, um, and this is a big complaint I have about this. The dialogue is super cheesy and the book is very predictable, even for an already predictable genre. So I really struggled with the dialogue. I thought it was so poorly written. Um, overall, the story was fine. I just thought there were parts of it. I mean, was this her first book? I think so. Yes, I believe so. Because you've read other books by her, right? Yes. I've read this whole chain. The whole series. Thing, whatever. You want to um, yes, it. this is her first book. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I feel like it reads that way. Mm -hmm. I feel like it reads that way. Um, I like a first book. I lost it. Um, I'll just go back to these until I can remember what I was going to say. Okay. Um, no one would know. It's all no, fun. We're the only ones with the notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've both done variations of long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, do you think this was a good representation of it? Um, from my standpoint, not really, because number one, they had money. So they were able right. to fly back and forth. I have no idea how much it would cost to fly from LA to San Francisco. I don't know. Maybe that's not an expensive flight because it doesn't, it's not that far. But like Tom and I were not flying to see each other. Like it Same. was. We weren't either. We don't have the money to do that. So fortunately we could video chat. Um, and talk on the phone um, when, so we did long distance twice. So when he was in Key West and I was in the Tampa area, um, his schedule was that he was working mostly nights. Um, mm -hmm. That wasn't exclusive because of the way his schedule worked, but he was working mostly nights and I was working during the day. So like finding time to actually communicate wasn't easy. So we did a lot of emailing. Yeah. Um, and then when he was in Houston and I was in Tampa and mm -hmm. that was a much shorter long distance, um, we did a lot of video chatting. Um, and, and honestly that was harder because at that point I was in love with him and like, um, I mean, I was in love with him when he was in Key West, but it was different mm -hmm. at that point. We had, we had practically lived together all summer and now right. I can't even see him. Right. Um, so for me, this wasn't realistic because they were literally flying to see each other every weekend and like, when you're in a long distance relationship, that's not realistic. People can't do that. Right. Like people well, cannot do that. Okay. So for us, um, our relationship started long distance. Mm -hmm. Matt was stationed in Lejeune. I was stationed in Inigos. And I have no idea where either of those cities are. Okay. Camp Lejeune's in the Carolinas. Okay. And say Inigos is at the very bottom of Maryland. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a hike. Yeah. So, um, I was on uh, alternate schedule, so two mm -hmm. on, two off, and sliding weekends mm -hmm. at the station. So um, it was – he had all weekends off. Mm -hmm. He had a regular nine-to-five schedule. So Matt mm -hmm. would come up to me every weekend. I would Pretty much every weekend I was off till he mm -hmm. got out. Mm -hmm. And then he – and then I got – in, in that time frame, I got orders to Baltimore, which made it a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Then he got out – he went to Texas and I was still in Baltimore for about three to Ooh. four months. Of that um, we flew once or twice back and forth mm -hmm. in that I th three to six months. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been so long. Um, and then I got orders to Corpus mm -hmm. and that was after we got married and he was in Houston and mm -hmm. then he would drive, he was going to school and working at Kroger's at the time. 
he would ride his motorcycle every mm-hmm. weekend down to Corpus mm-hmm. me because I was mm-hmm. working still. And then we didn't live together till after I had Piper. Mm. Full time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tom and I did not have that long of a long distance relationship. He, Which we did not have the finances these guys have. No, no. We are, are, huh? What'd you say? They're a lot closer. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't even that far because I would, I would think driving wise, Key West and Tampa were about the same distance as LA and San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. California is much bigger than Florida. So Tom's probably laughing at me as he's editing this because he knows I suck at geography. But um, Um, I mean, we didn't have that long. I I guess our relationship was uh, about six weeks long distance the first time mm -hmm. and four weeks long distance the second time before I was able to move to Texas. Now, in college, I had a long distance relationship. That was only two hours, but that guy cheated on me because he sucks at life. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, well, he's forced yeah, okay. for the second so, time and, and miserable. My so. the whole travel thing, I feel like the struggles they're having, the jealousy, the miscommunications, mm-hmm. I think that's realistic. I think it also is because they didn't know each other. Right. Which happens mm-hmm. in this kind of situation, right? Right. You, they met and kind of jumped into a relationship like right away. Right away, um, and I mean, I did that with Tom. We jumped into a relationship right away. But um, same, I don't know. I can't talk. Same. Um, yeah, but you and Matthew kind of knew each other. I've, well, I've known Matthew since he yeah. joined, went to te- started going to Tiger Center in sixth grade. So right. I have been, I have been had knowledge of and been in the same social circles as him since the sixth grade. What do you think sixth grade Molly would say if you told her that you end up marrying Matthew Banks? Well, first and foremost, okay, I would laugh, and so would Matthew back then because I was obnoxious. But would people hear now? Matt were you were obnoxious? Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> Um, when people back home, when we first got married and they heard I married a Biggs, they did not believe it was Matthew. Mm. Cause there are more Biggs boys. There, there is, boys. he is one of five Biggs boys. Right. Right. And I was in social circles, close social circles with two of them, one mm. for chorus and one was just like my friend circle. So mm-hmm. when I, the word was, I married a Biggs, people assumed it was one of the other two that were right. in my social circles. Nobody had... Nope, like it is not a pairing people thought. And mm. we have a friend that was very close to both of us, but we weren't in like this. Like, I was friends mm. with this person because of like music and our childhood, and he was friends with them because of sports. But mm. when that friend that was a mutual friend of ours heard Matt and I were together, he goes, mm-hmm. That makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, I have never known the two of you not as a couple. Um, I think your personalities are different, but you're so complimentary. And so like, I, I think you're perfect together. I mean, we have had a lot of friends between the two of us who have gotten divorced, gotten divorced or separated or have interesting relationships. And ours are yours and Matthew's and mine and Tom's seem to be like the most stable of all of our friends, which is really because I am, and out of all of us, I am the most least stable of all of us. Um, but it's we, funny because, like, 
I mean, we really do. We have friends that are divorced and uh, that were friends of both of ours. Um, I've been told on several occasions by uh, Matt's cousin's friends, Alyssa, mm-hmm. the one that, that Matthew and I are couple goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of our dynamic. I, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying right. that based off of their observations. Right. And uh, I, I like to think that Tom and I are a little bit like Lily and Marshall. I can see that. Um, but we don't do well when we're not together. Like it's, we to prefer to be together. Bring it back to the book. The whole point I'm saying this sorry. is, we no, 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 you're sorry. fine. You're fine. Um, uh, I'm trying to bring it back because I'm out of hand. Um, I think the foundation How the of the turntables have turned. Have turned. <laughs> um, I think our struggle as a going from long distance and transitioning mm-hmm. into living together. And we literally went from, it was literally a mitosis, right? It was a change of cells. Like mm-hmm. we grew together. Yeah. Some, Times the atom doesn't bond, but this time right. it did. Right. Holy I mean, science, right? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because Tom and I had a relationship where we did not know each other at all, and then we were basically living together from like living. What a freaking! I mean, way to find out if you bond he, with somebody. Well, but what I was going to say is, when he retired from the Coast Guard, I my biggest fear was: Are we still going to like each other? Right, because we didn't know how to actually spend time together when we, the entire time we were engaged, we were sharing an apartment and we weren't sharing a bed because we were on such opposite schedules. Yeah. Um, When we moved to Virginia after he retired at that point, we had been married for seven years, eight years, something like that. That math sounds right. That was the first time that we figured out which side of the bed we liked. (laughs) It wasn't surprise. It wasn't what we thought it was. Um, But we just had never like. Oh my God. Were you guys sleeping, both sleeping on the same side of the bed? And no, neither of you knew it? No, we weren't. Well, maybe we were. Fuck. I don't know. We like never made our bed because there was always somebody sleeping in it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, we didn't even know what side of the bed we wanted. And like, that's one of those like pivotal conversations that you have. Right. Um, and spoiler, it wasn't what we thought it was. That's so funny. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, back but to the anyway, book. Um, back to the book. Any characters you love, any characters you hated? Um, I didn't like that. Was the sister's name Amy? Is that her name? No. Um, uh the okay, sister not not um not alexa's sister molly's alexa's- sister oh yes yes it was amy couldn't stand that bitch yep um i really liked uh carlos the best friend i thought he I was love- a great best friend for drew carlos's book is the next one in the series mm-hmm. the proposal mm-hmm. uh my favorite character is theo uh-huh i love theo and it's theo gay Theo is not gay. Oh, he's not. Does he he come up in one of the other series? He has his own book. And it is so good. Out of the series, I think Theo's is my favorite. Okay. Um, Theo is... This book, actually, okay, I talk about this all the time. The platonic best... Opposite gender best friend. We don't... like. But it's usually somebody who's gay. That's why I thought... Right. It's this not usually is a straight. Perfect example of a platonic best friend and hetero folks. I was actually surprised that she didn't bring in the cliche that the best friend was also in love with her. 
Right. I was expecting that cliche. Right. I was surprised. Well, she avoided that pitfall. So there you go. Um, I did like, I did like Carlos a lot. I thought he was really funny and he was a good best friend for Drew. The description of Drew as a, as physical, like the physical description of Drew, he sounds attractive, but like, he just didn't seem like the kind of person I would fall for. Well, okay. So let's jump into that real quick. I'll skip, I'll go back to my other question, but Drew obviously struggles with jealousy in this book. Oh, for sure. Right. First, he's upset when his own with his own best friend. He's right. assuming Carlos is hitting on Alexa, which wasn't the right. case. She went to right. first visit, right. and then overall, like he gets jealous over her work husband Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this should have been a red flag for Alexa? Or I think it. it sh- I think it should have been. Um, and, and you couple that with the information she got at the party, which was that... Um, Him not telling the truth about his that, relationship with Molly, yes. Well, that, that he wasn't telling the truth about Molly, but also that he skips between girls. That they all right. have, like... And, he, a, and, like, they all love him, and he breaks up with them yeah. and gives them flowers. And, yeah, they're and all like, staying friends with him. But, like, to me, if you're somebody that bounces between relationships, that's why you're jealous. Because you're right. really looking for your next person. Right. Although I have to say in our relationship, Tom and my relationship, I am the jealous one. Like I have it in my head, like the Taylor Swift song where she's like, um, I, that I have, I believe everybody that sees you wants you like that to yeah. me. That's how I feel about Tom. I'm just convinced everyone that sees him because listen, listen, my husband is a stay at home dad who does the good things for his sons. He takes them to school. He brings them home. He does all the good things. And there are a bunch of bitches who looking for a new daddy for their kids and they see my husband and they're like, Oh, that could be my kid's daddy. And I'm like, back off bitch. Cause I will cut someone. But I feel like I, I, I can say this. I think I can say this with confidence. Like Matthew, Tom is oblivious to the way others react. to 100%. Like we have a, a, a former mutual friend who literally hit on my husband in front of me. I don't know why I was friends with her. Like, what is up with my self-control, my self-esteem? Uh, but he didn't even know it was happening. No, okay. He didn't so, even know it was happening. <laughs> there was a restaurant Matthew and I used to frequent that had a solid staff that was always mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And they had one staff member who was male that always saw us and would serve us. But mm-hmm. he would flirt and look at Matt and only speak to Matthew. <laughs> And Matt well, just thought Matt this the guy would often pay because maybe he just was hoping for a bigger tip. No, oh no, he would straight up flirt with Matthew. Oh my gosh, hardcore! And Matt never caught any of it. Yeah, Tom is pretty damn oblivious to it as well. Um, so let's get back into the book. God, we're off the rails today. Yeah, but you know what? This is actually a really good conversation because we're talking about love books this month, and so it's going to bring up think about our own relationships it's going to it's just natural um and i and i think when you read these books you do that put yourself in the situation right absolutely and and i couldn't do that with this book and it wasn't because they were a biracial couple and it wasn't because they were doing a different type of long distance it was all the banging like i'm not saying that tom and i don't have sex like we're married we have two kids obviously we do um but that that it was literally the next day it was like after the wedding like Okay, three days, whatever. Three days is not enough time to know somebody to just, like, jump into bed with them. But not everybody feel, has to have an emotional connection. Okay, we've had this conversation before. I know. Okay, let me just go to my next question instead of us having the same conversation. 
Oh my gosh, Molly, I'm sorry. I'm really no, failing you're fine. this right now. No, you're fine. It's just, it's fine. Alexa has a lot of guilt about her past with her sister. Do you think she's right or wrong to feel guilty about her past behavior? Do you think she should still be carrying it over? Do you understand her struggle? I mean, I understand her struggle. I don't think what she did was that bad. I mean, and I, and I it really wasn't, think like, that's, it wasn't that's, like she's the one that turned her sister in. You know what I, I mean? I think what it is, is it highlights her anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We, our sister's keeper is a mantra, right? We feel mm-hmm. responsible for our siblings as we grow up. Our parents say it all the time. We, When we were little, if the sibling got in trouble, why didn't you stop them? But right? that is usually the truth for the older sibling. Alexa's the younger sister. And and she was, what, four years younger than her sister? So, like, she wasn't even in the same, like, no. They're right. not going to, they're not, they're not going to be close like that, you know? Like, you're, are your girls three years apart? My boys are three years apart. Is the that girls are 18, uh, a little under 18 months apart. Piper wasn't even one when I found out we were pregnant with Livia. I forgot that. Um, Well, my boys are three years apart. And I worry that as they get older, that they won't be close anymore. Because you have to think about, like, I constantly worry about that. But my children. A 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old. Maybe they might get along then. But, like, those ages are such a wide range. And, like, I don't feel like Alexa should be holding herself responsible for something that she did when she was still a kid. Um, Especially because her sister is trying to let it go like her sister's like not holding it against and her i think i think her getting this program pushed through is a a way of it really is alleviating alex's guilt right mm-hmm. and i feel like it's a good way for her to finally release it and let it go but i have to say it her sister being there at the end was very cliche it was oh, so cliche. Sure. it so sure cliche. was um I mean, and they had this big Jerry Guire, Maguire ending, yeah. and anyways. Um, yeah. Do you like Alexa and Drew's relationship beginning to end? Um, like, they're not a couple that I was, like, really hoping that they ended up together. I don't right. think I would have cared either way. So, like, some of the other books that we're going to read this month also use the miscommunication trope where they, like, break up and then right. you, you are it's hoping impact, they get back together. Right? I kind of didn't care. Like, I, I feel like it definitely took a big sweeping gesture. Like, obviously, Drew was going to have to do something to make right. it work with Alexa. It wasn't going to have to come from her. It was going to have to right. come from him. Um, but to me, they weren't a relationship that I was, like, rooting for. So the first time I read this, mm-hmm. I wasn't fully involved in I, – I was more about Alexa, and mm-hmm. I cared about what she needed and what she wanted – I cared for her as a character. Mm-hmm. It took me reading the other books after mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to see Drew through other people's eyes and the way mm-hmm. he behaves for me to mm-hmm. really, really understand Drew and to really want to root for him in this book. Yeah. So maybe so, what would have been better was that he be the second book. <laughs> right. Um, like to me, there's another, our first book that we covered on the pod was, um, uh, um, oh my gosh. What was it? Borrowed. And that um, by Emily Giffen. And that is a book series that isn't like a series either. Each book is its own like standalone, standalone. companion book. Right. Um, like you maybe could call something blue as a sequel, but it really isn't because it doesn't focus on the two main characters. It no, now is told from a different character's point of view. Yeah. Right. And 
and and something blue, you like Darcy. You don't like her. In, well, you did, but I didn't. You don't like her in something borrowed and you don't root for her, but you, you do in something blue. Um, like, I feel like that's the case here. Like, I might root for Drew if I knew him from another story. Right. But this one and, wasn't and, like. It but I me. think that makes me more warm to him as a character, mm-hmm. knowing him further on, knowing they later get married. That makes later. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Right. Oh, they do. They get married. That's yeah. Funny. They get married. It's really cute. Um, I, I don't want to spoil Theo's book for you. I'm but, not going to read it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So, spoilers. You want to spoil, or spoil it for our pod, but like, no, for our um, listeners, but. but. Theo's book is called, so that answers my next question. Are you going to read any more works? No. Um, Probably not. Mm-mm. So, Theo's book is called The Wedding Party. Mm-hmm. And spoilers, guys, if you skip forward like two minutes. He ends up dating the other best friend. Like they hook up. Theo ends up dating the other best friend. Yeah, her other best, her best friend. Oh, the fashion one, the the, the, uh, um, okay. the stylist, the Maddie. Yeah, that makes sense. Maddie, so the right? So cliche. That's so funny. Um, but uh, they they try to keep it a secret from Alexa because they're trying to plan the wedding, and it's just it's secret love trope. It's super cute. It makes. Mm. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> so final question. If this was a movie or a TV show, do you have casting in mind? Like, I feel like I should have done a better job actually looking this up, but I did read through your list list. And I know that you put Amber Riley and Danielle Brooks. And I'm sorry, I was stealing for Thunder Nicole for saying Bryan? that. But, yeah, Danielle oh, I don't Brooks, know who yeah. that is. I don't know who that is, but Amber Riley. Yes. I love the idea of Amber Riley. Um, I'm looking up who Nicole, Nicole. Bryan is the nailed it lady. Nailed it. Oh, okay. I know who she is. Nicole Byer. Yeah, I, Byer. I know who she is. Byer, um, sorry. Amber Amber Riley for me would be it. She's perfect in my opinion. I think she could Wait, be no, Alexa maybe I'm for Danielle Brooks. That would make me really an asshole. Danielle Brooks is on here too. You have both. Okay. No, I'm not mixing up two people. I like I just started I just started um Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And she is, Danielle Brooks is amazing in that. So that makes me mm. want her in roles like this, too. I haven't seen that. Um, for Drew, uh, do you want to say who you put? In the I put Justin Hartley from This Is Us. Right. Um, and I, I, I agree with you that he's probably um, too old. Right. Um, for me, it would be, I got to look up his name, Oliver Stark, who plays Evan Buckley on 911. Yes. Um, fire. Spicy. He would be fire as uh, Drew. I, I love it. Um, that would be perfect. The only person I pictured, even when I first re- listened to this book, for mm-hmm. Olivia was Regina King. I think she's too old. But she's um, so demure. She's so refined. And yeah. that is what I get from Olivia. I don't have a better answer for that, but I um I think she's too old to be Olivia because she's a lot older than right. like now, Amber um, Riley, for example. Now for Theo, they describe him as like a smaller, bulkier mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. but I always had Alfred. I'm going to say his name wrong. Enko. Ed- I think Ed- it's Enoch. Enoch in my mind mm-hmm. from How to Get Away with Murder in Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Yeah, he I, I is- agree with that. He would be spectacular in that role, even though, the, like, he doesn't fit the, the other, body. 
the other person I would say, he's new to Grey's Anatomy. He's Maggie's um, husband. Oh, yes! For the life of me, know his name. I know um, who you're talking about. He would be stunning, too. He would be a great um, video. I'm trying to Google it real quick. Um, and for Maggie. Carlos, I have Freddie Rodriguez from Bull Win- and... Winston. I don't know what it, I don't know what his real name is, but Winston and is. Ugly Betty. Um, but again, again, I think he's too old for that role. But a younger. But what him. about? But what about also from Nine One One? Ryan Guzman. Ooh, that would be good too. Yeah, um, I didn't put Maggie on here. The stylist best friend, Maddie, Maddie, and Maddie, Maddie, not Maggie. Um, so I'm gonna have to put that one on the fly. I don't even think I have Maddie in mind. I don't. I don't either. know. But um, probably, um, I don't know. I can't think of a good Maddie. Was there any scenes that were a favorite for you in this book? Um, I will say this book had a lot of spice that was good. Um, I, I like, hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I, the first time that they have sex, that was hot and spicy. I don't know hot. that that was my favorite part. I think I texted you this. I had never read a book before where they talked about putting, putting on or taking off a condom. Yes. I had never. And I was like, oh, okay. Like Alexa s- says something like, this needs to come off and something else needs to go on. And I was like, what the fuck? Is she really talking about a condom right now? Like, that's sexy? I don't know. Um but uh, but I did like the I did like the spice, huh? It was thoughtful. I mean, it's realistic. <laughs> yes, I like um, the spice. Um, I I will say this is another pitfall cliche. Okay, please explain to me the unlikelihood that they would all end up at the same bar in LA. Serious? It was uh, San Francisco, but San Francisco, Oakland, no, whatever. Whatever. That would not happen. Absolutely not. That was ridiculous. It was so far-fetched. And of course she's wearing, like, the sexiest outfit Maddie could find. Right. It was so far-fetched and ridiculous. And, like, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 100% no. I like Um, her friendships. I think her friendships with Maddie and Theo make me like her as a character more. mm -hmm. And um, you don't always get that in books. So it's nice to see, get that well-rounded even though it was really cliche, I do like the end. The end yes. where they are. Where they get engaged in the elevator. It, it's super cute. Oh, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the, the scene at the proposal for the city council. Oh, or, yeah. Where like, she gets where all he, the support. Yeah. And, and he, he comes up. and, yeah. yeah, that to me, he meets her sister. That super was super cute. cliche, but it was very cute. Oh, I thought you were talking about the proposal in the elevator. The proposal in the elevator was cute, but I actually forgot about it, which is why I didn't remember that they got married. <laughs> I forgot about that. And, like, he moves there, and they live in her cute little house, and yeah. I, I, and they talk about her house more in the other books. I want to go to her house. I want to be in how warm and cute and quaint her house is. Yeah. yeah. Um, final thoughts? Um, overall, not one for me to reread. Like, it's not that I don't really have any intention of reading the other ones. This series. series is a comfort series. So I, I don't totally see that. I totally I, see that. I read that. them all comp- like when I need to escape, I don't just listen to this book. Mm-hmm. I listen to this book, then the next book, then the next book, yeah. then the next book. No, I, I totally see that. Um, I mean, that's me with Twilight and Harry Potter or not. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hunger Games. Clip that. Clip that. Oh God, please clip that Tom. <laughs> Fuck. 
No, that's me with Twilight and Hunger Games and really To Kill a Mockingbird, because even though that one's a deep thinker, I've read it so many times that like, that's a comfort read for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I actually thank you for introducing me to it. Um, There were some good things in it. Um, I like the writing style. Did you did you see the physical book? I did not see the physical book. I tried to get it from the library. My oh. local, my local library didn't have it. The library, the next town over, I was on the wait list and it just hasn't come in yet. So I haven't actually seen the physical book well, yet. Um, text messages are like conversations in here. They don't break it up. Like it's a text, like in hmm. other books. Hmm. And when they change point of views, they just mm-hmm. do this tiny little heart. Mm-hmm. It's not hmm. a big dramatic change. It is hmm. just, can you remind me, were there dual narrators in that? I don't remember. No. No, no that's what I thought. Narrator. It's a woman that's narrating right. the whole but time. But she did a beautiful job. And she narrates yeah. all the, some of the other ones, too. I think um, because it does change point of views, my preference would be that there was another but narrator. I, I think a masculine narrator for Drew would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I didn't hate it. It's definitely not the worst book you've made me read. I'll take I'll take the W. I'll take <laughs> and, the W. And let's be honest, a three for me is is pretty good. I, that's what I'm saying. If you get anything above a three, like it's a book that I'm going to reread. It's one I really right. liked. So it's going to be a new favorite. Right. Right. All right. Well, what's next week, April? What do we next got? Next week we've got the Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Um, and I love it that also is fake dating. Um, it's also reverse pretty woman. It is um, such a pretty woman book. I don't even care. And all of these are on our social medias. You can definitely see um media spice rating plural, so I shouldn't say social media. Medias. medias? Uh, you can see them on all of our social media accounts. Um, and then we are going social? to read the Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood um, the week after. And then the, we'll wrap out the month with Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. Which I haven't um, read that yet. It's so good. Uh, but yes, we're doing romantic books this month. And I mean, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's a good month. It's February. So sack them in. Um, little love for Valentine's Day. It's well, a little it's cliche so of us. Have this with do a reel, a TikTok, a post. Yeah. Tag us with your favorite uh, yes. romance books. Please. We love being tagged in things. You can also email us questions. If you've read these books, like, uh, for example, The Love Hypothesis is all over the socials right now. Right. Um, if you're a fan. Get part of your conversation. Yeah. Send us questions. We love that kind of stuff. Um, Nurse Katie just texts us. You don't get to text us. You have to email us. But Nurse Katie can text us. <laughs> Well, till next week, gang. Yes, that's all. So have a great day, and we'll hear you, we'll be here next week. Great! Yay! Bye! <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Wedding Date by Jasmine Gilliar. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.